lesson today is found in Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and then picked back up at verse 25 to verse four, chapter 14, verse 4. Exploring in Canaan. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites, and from each ancestral tribe send one of its leaders. And so at the Lord's command, Moses sent out from the desert, sent them, sent them out from the desert of Paran, and all of them were leaders of the Israelites. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring and spying on the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them to the whole assembly, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land into which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified, and they're large, we even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in Negra, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go and take up possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with them said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. And they said, The land we explored devours those living in it, and all the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, and the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and they looked the same, and we looked the same to them. And that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. <clears throat> all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, If only we had just died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children, they will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pastor Kathy. Today we conclude our four-part worship series on the exodus of the Israelite people from Egypt. This is one of the foundational stories of our faith. That's thousands of years old, and yet it speaks so clearly to us here in the year 2020. Over the past few weeks, we have seen how God saved the Israelite people from brutal slavery to the Egyptians, and then how God led them into the wilderness, never leaving their side for a moment. 
and brought them to Mount Sinai, where God entered into a covenant with God's people, gave them ten commandments, and directed them on how they were to live as God's chosen people, set apart from the rest of the world, so that eventually through them the world might be redeemed. But Israel rebelled by creating this golden calf to worship God. And God had mercy on them, choosing not to lash out in anger. And then the Israelites headed into the wilderness by God's leading to the land that God had promised them and their ancestor Abraham long, long ago. And so today's scripture that Kathy read for us begins as the Israelites arrived in the desert, desert of Paran, about halfway to the promised land. And God tells Moses to send out 12 spies, one for each tribe, and so they can scout out the land that God had promised them. So the spies go out, and when they return, we hear two conflicting stories of what they saw, what awaited the Israelites in this promised land. Ten of the spies say that there is no chance that Israel can survive because the people there are powerful and the cities are huge and impenetrable. And the people were like giants. They would surely be destroyed if they went into this land. But then two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, they say, but you glossed over the best part. The land is exceedingly good. It's flowing with milk and honey. We should go and we should take possession of this land, they say, for we can certainly do it. But then the ten, with their horror story, they whip up all of the people into this fearful rage and, and they start planning mutiny against Moses and God. They decided that they were going to appoint a new leader to lead them back to Egypt. And so God, understandably, gets angry again at these rebellious Israelites, but decides instead of unleashing that anger and that fury, God would give them exactly what they wanted. God, they, they would not enter the promised land. And so God sentences that generation to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until they die. And then only their children will enter the promised land. There were these two reports from the spies. One from people who were overwhelmed by the enormity of the problem in front of them. And the fear of what could happen. And then this other report from two individuals who looked at that same reality as the others, but saw something very, very different. They looked at the giants in front of them, and they saw the enormity of their God. They trusted that because God was with them, that they could take the land even if there were giants living there. The Israelites had a choice of which report to believe. They could believe the one that was filled with fear or the one that was focused on trust in God. 
we see which one they chose. They cried out, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? They shout and they cry and they want to go back, even to slavery. In the same way, we are in the wilderness and we are looking to what the future might hold for us. We see an election looming that is slowly ripping our country apart. We see a global pandemic that although it has a very low mortality rate, and it's, no, it's nothing to laugh at. It has killed over one million people, and it's not fun to have. And we don't know the long-term effects of it. And people, especially older generations, are living in isolation and depression, and suicide rates are skyrocketing. It's easy to focus on how big these giants are. But what if we chose to see all of those things, recognize them, but focus on how big our God is? What if we believe that our God is bigger than this mess of 2020? Today is World Communion Sunday. It's a day when we would normally come to the table, Christ's table, to gather and to receive Holy Communion together, remembering God's forgiveness and grace that overcomes all of our shortcomings, receiving God's power into ourselves so that then we can go out into the world and be God's light, renewed and rejuvenated by Christ. And we do this on World Communion Sunday, knowing that all around the world, Christians are coming to Christ's table, wherever they are, whatever it might look like, and whatever might be on that table, to receive that same grace from that big God. Today, at 11, you have that opportunity to come to a different-looking communion table in our parking lot and to celebrate Holy Communion. But this morning, I want to take a moment and I want to participate in a different sort of liturgy, a celebration of empty hands. Nothing looks the way that we want it to right now. School, work, going to the grocery store, sports, not being able to travel and to see family and loved ones, in many ways, life feels empty, and yet God is still present. We come to this empty table and we remember that our God is bigger than our struggle, that our God is mightier than anything that might come our way. And by coming to this empty table. It helps us to take our focus off of all that scares us and to recenter ourselves in God, just like the communion table. 
So I invite you to join me in this celebration of empty hands. The liturgy can be found in the bulletin and on your screen. And think about these words as we say them. And I invite Kathy to come up and to share this liturgy with me. This earth is not our earth. This is God's earth. This time is not my time. This is God's time. This table is not my table. This is God's table. God's earth, God's time, God's table. It is God who provides this feast of place and time and community. Provision is already made for us all to be a part of God's story. God longs for us to be at home with God and with one another. Place your hands on the table or on the wall and set your feet on the floor. Recognize these spaces as being of God and for God, no matter where you are. For everything we have comes from the one source of all that is. In this time, we rededicate ourselves and our surroundings for God's good purposes. The Lord is with us. We lift our hearts to God. We give thanks to God, for God not only created the earth and the heavens, but all things that have lived and will yet live. Saints from ages past and those who are yet to come, join with us now and here, linked in miraculous ways. The stories described by the prophets and the saints of past and present and future dance together in reflection of God's own glory. For all of life has an author. The author became known in the world. The one who came as Emmanuel, God with us, born as one with us, living among us, teaching, healing, weeping, and sharing with us, living the life of compassion and justice. The word was rejected by the world and executed. Christ has died. Because of the good news of Easter, we proclaim... Christ is risen. And because Jesus himself told us, we know that Christ will come again. Christ coming again has begun in the unfolding story of the Spirit of God, in the continual seeding of new spiritual life in every age and every place. We see the work of the Spirit in the service and self-sacrifice of so many we hear the song of the Spirit when people sing on balconies and we breathe the breath of the Spirit, knowing that some are breathing through the creativity of digital photocopying and scientific imagination. And we wonder, we wonder at our coming into a spiritual aid previously unknown, yet our story is grounded in the story of Jesus of Nazareth. 
The Lord Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the risen Lord until he comes. In this empty plate, we choose to see the world's hunger. We remember that millions of people this day lack bread for communion, bread for breakfast, bread for life. And we acknowledge that we ourselves hunger this day in ways that no earthly bread can satisfy. And we wonder, God, how long? Hospitable God, meet us in our unmet hungers. Help us to put our abundance at the service of the poor. In this empty cup, we choose to see the world's thirst. We remember that millions of people this day lack wine for communion, fruit for juicing, and water for life. We acknowledge that we ourselves thirst this day, and in ways that no earthly cup can quench, we wonder, God, how long? Hospitable God, meet us in our unmet thirsts and help us to put our fullness at the service of the empty. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In the name of Christ, amen. Pour out your Holy Spirit, on this empty plate, this empty cup, that they may be for us, even in their emptiness, the body and the blood of Christ, so that we may take his life into our lives and be taken and blessed and broken and given for the world. And with the confidence of God's children, let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We hold up the empty plate. It is Christ who is the bread of life and who satisfies the hungry heart. And we hold up the empty cup. It is Christ who is the cup of hope, who revives the thirsty. the gifts of God for the people of God. In faith and hope, 
we hold out our empty hands. In these empty vessels and in our empty hands, we celebrate the mystery and the wonder of the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. In our hands and in our hearts, we leave space for resurrection, for new life, for new meaning. We hold the sorrows and the prayers and the hopes of the world before you, O oh God. May your spirit flow among us and beyond us, drawing us into loving and caring for your world, O oh God. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We shall not seek God among the dead. We shall be bearers of hope mm -hmm. among the living. Mm -hmm. We shall carry the stories of our hurts and our losses, that we may tell the story of healing and resurrection. We will not wait. We will tell all of our stories now. We will not wait. We will live as a resurrected people. So live then, people, in the promise of resurrection life. Live according to the story of the one, creator, redeemer, and spirit, knowing that the scattered community of God is placed in the world for the sake of the world. Glory to God and peace to all. Alleluia. Amen. Now, as the guys come up to sing, I invite you to share your joys and your concerns in the comment section. You can also uh, email them to the church. There is a button on the church website homepage where you can click and send in a prayer request. Um, it's a way that we can stay connected and we know that God hears us and responds to our prayers.
that have come through and I think my Facebook comments are being ornery um, so if I don't say your prayer concern um, know that we have other people watching and, and catching those and adding them to our prayer list um, prayers for uh, of gratitude and joy for Cooper Emmett Crouch who is home now and thriving that's Linda's um, new grandson and he um, so joy for new babies and new life Carol asked for prayers for her mom who has been hospitalized with leg pain and is going home today and Sarah asked for prayers for her grandma's neighbors. They are battling multiple health issues. Marla um, asked for prayers for those struggling with mental health. 
And Jenny asked for prayers for the family of her aunt, Barbara, who died earlier this week, um, saying her big and friendly personality will be missed. And then Elizabeth asked for continued prayers for all of us during the pandemic, for strength and discernment to be safe as we get closer to the holidays and the desire for family gatherings. And Dana asked for um, prayers for her mother's friend who passed from a heart attack unexpectedly this week, prayers for the community that is grieving her loss. And then um, also prayers of, of joy um, for I will be going on vacation. Um, we will be running away to the mountains of Pennsylvania. And so prayers of gratitude for a cabin um, and for a fire and for hiking and for a beautiful staff that I have no worries that this church family will be very well taken care of while I am off rejuvenating. Um, so just prayers of thanks and, and safe travels. And then uh, Penny asked for prayers for all COVID sufferers, past and present, for their families, um, grieving those who lost, who were lost to this virus. And then continued prayers um, for Jen, asking for our eyes to be opened and to see that we are the body, the church. And then prayers for healing for her dear friends, Annie, Tammy, Cheryl, Matt, Wendy, Brenda's mom, and others. And we know that this is just scratches the surface of those things that are laying heavy on our hearts. And we know that God hears our prayers, whether they're said aloud or in our hearts. Let us go to our Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we are so grateful that you make beautiful things out of us. You make beautiful things out of dust and out of empty hands. You have heard the situations and the individuals that we have lifted up this morning. And we pray that through your great wisdom that you will bring healing and reconciliation. May your will be done, O oh Lord. And God, you know that these things are just a glimpse of what is racing through our minds. And so we pause now to lift up to you our silent prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, the beautiful and the powerful name of our Savior and our Redeemer, as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
And as I have been praying, my son has earnestly been texting me to pray for his dadiji, which is his great-grandmother. Um, she did fall, and she has a couple broken vertebrae. So I do want to lift her up in prayer and say, I'm sorry, Joseph, I didn't see that before. So we know that God is with us, and I am so overjoyed that we have been able to worship together today. And I invite you um, to come to the 11 o'clock service, and I am confident that the rain will stay uh, away for just a little bit so that we can celebrate this World Communion Sunday together. It is a wonderful day to be bathed in God's love. So as we go from this place, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Have a great week.